Okay, we're back on the record on KCR 22211624, State of Idaho versus Lori Noreen Vallow. This is the sentencing hearing. We took a mid-morning break. The state concluded its sentencing recommendations and the defense may now present theirs. The court would also thank everyone for complying with the conduct order in effect and not having any disturbances throughout the morning. I appreciate everyone continuing to comply with that order. That in mind, then Mr. Thomas is the defense ready to present their recommendations. We are, Your Honor. All right, Mr. Thomas, you can proceed. Would the court prefer if I stand or is it okay for me to sit given the acoustics in the room? I think it'd probably be better if you remain seated to pick up the uh, recording on the record. Very good, Your Honor. Thank you. Your Honor, some, some 20 years ago, I was sworn into the bar and took a sacred oath to uphold the Constitution. And part of upholding that Constitution is uh, making sure that the state uh, meets their burden uh, on criminal cases. They're required to prove beyond a reasonable doubt every aspect of the case. <clears throat> and I used to be a prosecutor back in the day, 20 years ago. Uh, I understand the burden and I understand the weight that they carry. I enjoyed the job, but it was a a bit of a commute, and uh, after a couple of years, I found a job that was closer to home, gave me a little more opportunity to uh, be with my family, and so I took the job, but I was, I was going to be a job as a, as a public defender, and it was, it was hard. I was torn uh, because people would come to me, and they would say, you know, how, how can you do that? How can you represent people that are charged with such horrible and terrible things? And, uh, and so I went to my wife, one of my best and greatest counselors, and I said, what do you think of all this? And she told me, John, I don't think Jesus Christ was a prosecutor. He is our greatest advocate. And I sit beside Lori Vallow and I hope and pray for words that he would have me say. And so I've reflected upon this day and this hour for a long time, several weeks. Uh, and the message that I think I need to tell the court and the recommendation that I need to give to the court regarding Ms. Vallow is a message of peace and love and joy and hope. First of all, peace. There are so many victims in this case. So many lives have been touched in a negative way. Uh, there is devastation and destruction surrounding this case, three deaths, and my heart aches, it truly does, as does the rest of my team, Jim and Brandon and uh, all of our experts. We, we ache with, with the victims in this case. There's a lot of hurt surrounding this case and not just the direct victims. As the court is well aware, there are uh, uh, cousins and uncles and aunts and uh, and people just in the general public who have been touched by this case. 
And that hurt can sometimes be manifest as hate. And I think that Lori Daybell is probably the most hated woman in America right now, and maybe in the world. But that hate will never bring closure to the victims. That hate will never bring about the healing to those who are hurt by this case. And hate will never bring about peace. Martin Luther King Jr. once said that hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. So how do we stop the hurt and the pain and the loss? And I've heard from a number of people today who've talked about JJ never being able to reach his milestones or his 21st birthday, or uh, we wouldn't know what Tylee was going to be when she grew up. We'll never see her playing in the front yard with her children. We'll never know. We'll never know what Tammy's students make of themselves as they grow up. But we need peace to replace the hurt. And that peace and that healing will only come about by love and compassion. And I hope that each person that's touched by this case, whether they're a family member or a friend or just someone who uh, has followed this case from the beginning, I hope they can heal and find some semblance of peace again because this world needs peace. Which brings me to love. And I think that's how we're going to get back to peace. And Lori, if she could speak to each one of those people who have been hurt by this case or been affected by this case in an active way, her message would be one of love. Her motto is, love is the key. And Lori's a very misunderstood person. People, people that know her, and I, I mean really know her, get the chance to know her the way that I did, the way that her family knows her. They would know that she is about, about love. Now, Lori and I didn't always get along. We, our team has had tension and frustration and a lot of misunderstanding. But overwhelmingly, an overarching concept behind Lori and everything that she says to us and everything that she does is, is love. So if you get to know Lori, you'd find that she's a very different person than she plays on TV. She's kind, she's loving, she's caring, she's very witty, she's insightful, she's smart. And if you talk to people that knew her, prior to 2018, prior to this whole crazy event, series of events, you'll hear about a wonderful person who was active in her church, who was active in her community, who loved her children, very active in their lives. 
You'll hear people who talk about how great she was with their children in, in her church, in her church callings, in her neighborhood. She was a great mother to her kids. Her son, Colby, uh, in fact, testified at trial that she was a great mother when he was growing up. She has redeeming values. Hey, Woodcock, saying her praises today, that, that Lori was a great mom and that Hey allowed JJ Canaan to be adopted by, uh, by Lori and, and Charles. And there's a lot of confusion and there's a lot of misunderstanding about how this ultimately came to pass. And that's probably not going to change anytime soon. There will be a lot of misunderstanding and a lot of confusion for a while. This brings me to my last topic of healing, and that is of hope. So what is hope? Well, hope is defined as a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. So what do we want to happen in this case? I think the court is well aware of the four goals of sentencing pursuant to Idaho Code 1925-21. The first and foremost is the protection of society. Uh, the second most important is rehabilitation and then deterrence of the individual and the public generally. And finally, the least important, according to statute, is that a punishment. Now, first-degree murder is first-degree murder, and conspiracy carries the same punishment. Under Title 18, 4004, uh, and I quote, the court shall impose a life sentence with a minimum period of confinement of not less than 10 years, during which the period of confinement of the offender shall not be eligible for parole or discharge or credit or reduction of sentence for good conduct, except for meritorious service. So those are the two guiding principles that we have to look at. And I know the court's well aware of this. This isn't necessarily for the court's edification, but I think we have to think about how are we going to heal the hurt and the pain and the devastation of this case with hope? How do we reconcile the four goals of sentencing in Idaho Code 1925 and the requirements of punishment in 18.4004 with hope? Well, we, and collectively, I'm talking about the court, the prosecution, and the defense, collectively, have saved the life of the defendant. I don't think the court, nor the prosecution, or the defense team should take credit or blame for the death penalty being taken off the table as a possible punishment. In my opinion, it was a collective effort, an effort that led to the court's decision. It was a necessary outcome to a series of events that no one person can be credited or blamed. We saved her life. And that is a win. That's a win for all humanity. So now what do we do? 
court can, as the state requests, find a sentence appropriate of fixed life without parole. That certainly meets the protection of society and punishment, the first and last goals of sentencing. However, if the court so chooses, the court can also give the defendant a fixed term of years to serve in prison, followed by an indeterminate term of life. And after great deliberation and thought, we would ask the court to sentence Ms. Bellow Daybell to a 20-year fixed term with an indeterminate term of life. We believe that that meets all the goals of sentencing with an added bonus of hope. So why would we give the defendant any hope at all? Are we rewarding her? I don't think so. It's not about her. Giving her hope, it's, it's for us. It's for everyone in this courtroom. It's for everyone watching on the internet. It's for everyone who's gonna watch this on television. It's for everyone who lives and breathes outside the walls of prison. Her hope will benefit society. In our opinion, if you give her fixed life, you will have essentially thrown her away. She has no incentive to rehabilitate. There is no deterrent to her or anyone else. The punishment portion is final and all-encompassing. However, if we give her hope, we protect society by keeping her behind bars well into her 70s, but she has the incentive to be a model prisoner. She has the incentive to help those women that she interacts with in prison. And over time, she changes her behavior, her routines become habits, and she helps other inmates. She becomes a better person. And as these inmates interact with her, this better version of Lori Daybell, they become better people as they, re as they re enter society. So, without hope, the likelihood of success in reaching any of the goals of sentencing other than punishment is very low, if, if not non existent. <clears throat> Your Honor, we live in the greatest country in the world. We can do this. We can't bring JJ back. We will never reach those milestones. We can't bring Tylee back. She'll never have children of her own. And we can't bring Tammy back. She'll never visit with her grandkids or, or, or teach a young student in the library or in her computer class but we can try to bring others up who go to prison to a higher level than they are when they went in. And I think that's important. And I think that's a testament to JJ and to Tylee and to Tammy. I think that gives them something to carry on in the future. Forgetting about Lori, Daybell is not the way that we're going to heal. 
remembering JJ, remembering Tylee, remembering Tammy, and allowing Lori to be the best person that she can be in a prison setting, to help other people in that prison setting. That's, that's how we're going to get the benefit out of Lori. The benefit to society of giving Lori Daybell hope far outweighs any detriment. And what do we have to lose by giving a woman in her 70s an opportunity to go before a parole board and to ask for release? There's, there's not even any guarantee that she will be released in her 70s. But that hope is what's going to drive progress in this case. So in summation, we need to heal in order to have peace. Peace comes through love. Love is manifested in this case through hope. We ask the court to show mercy and look to the future. We ask the court for a 20-year fixed term plus life indeterminate, concurrent for all five counts of murder and conspiracy to commit murder. We would ask the court to give Lori Daybell a 14-year concurrent sentence for the grand theft to run concurrent with each one of the other charges. We can do this, Judge. We can move forward towards peace again and heal, which is what we really need to do. Thank you, Your Honor. All right, thank you for the recommendations, Mr. Thomas. All right, Ms. Fallow, before I impose sentence, if you choose, you may address the court. This is known as the right of allocution, which permits you to make a statement on your own behalf or present any information in mitigation of the punishment for the crimes you've committed. And let me inquire at this time, do you wish to address this court? All right, very well, you may make your statement. Thank <music> you.